Hello everyone and thank you for joining us. And today we are joined by the person taking life science research to space, Professor Joseph Borge. Joseph, thank you for being with us. How are you doing? Thank you. All is good. Great. Um, uh, so let's dive in, I guess. Um, tell us a little bit about who you are and your personal background. Yes. So first of all, thank you for the invitation uh, for this uh, interview. So myself, I'm an academic. I'm a professor at the University of Malta for the past uh, 12 years. My main area of interest is blood research or genetics of blood. And we study uh, disorders or diseases like sickle cell anemia, thalassemia, uh, and other, other uh, inherited disorders. Um, and besides teaching hematology and genetics, for the past two or three years, I also took my, my passion of, of blood research to space or to new heights, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, this came about, this came about from, from active literature, literature and article reading. And, and a few years back, I had read a very interesting article published in Cell. And this was about, this was about uh, NASA identical uh, twins, uh, Mark and Scott Kelly. And one of the twins was earthbound and the other twin was spacebound for a year on board the space station. And there were many, many blood tests being done, including DNA profiling and genome tests. I mean, DNA profiling and genome work is what I do. And this captivated my interest. Uh, And when I learned that one could devise, design and plan experiments from Earth to send to space and bring them back, I thought this is something which I would like to pioneer or, or explore. Okay, so you so you found a way basically to mix your 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 two passions, I guess, exactly. which is like space and genome at the thing. Exactly, something which was also sort of at the back of my mind is this idea of. I mean, we speak a lot about research and science, right? But I also love the innovation aspect, and innovation you have to be innovative. You have to do something different or new, and this is not a. It is. It may sound. It might sound easy. Uh, but a lot of thinking needs to go uh, into that. So that's innovation. And the other word that I really like, which is not easily found in life science, but is definitely found in space science, is the exploration part. So I, I like the analogy of, for example, when, when Christopher Columbus, or it could have been the Vikings, right? Who explored and, and crossed the seas and discovered the Americas, or who discovered uh, the, the, the Australia. Uh, I mean, going somewhere where you do not know yet and discovering something anew. Uh, this is something which will leave ripples and people after you would want to follow suit, no? Absolutely. Uh, so I love that part as well. Well, fortune favors the brave, right? So, as well. So um, tell us a little bit about how that um, uh, story of the two twins um, touches on Project Malith, yes, I believe yes. it's called. Right? So, so, so. I realized and I discovered that that sending elaborate experiments on blood and culturing blood stem cells on space station was a little bit out of my budget. So that I could not do. <laughs> so I said, okay, this, this could not be done immediately. However, myself being the academic I am, I also have my own master's students and PhD students at university. One of which uh, is Christine Gatt, who's a biomedical scientist, and she works on human skin microbiomes. So microbiomes is the collection of bacteria, viruses, fungi that live off oral cavity, skin, the gut and elsewhere. And Christine is working on human skin microbiomes 
of diabetic patients and their foot ulcers. And when I was, uh, when I was uh, discussing with, with colleagues back in the States and, and also uh, in Europe, I said, okay, looking at microbiomes in the context of space, it is something which is feasible and doable with how you're designing uh, the study. So that's how Project Mallet kicked off. So we are studying diabetic patients by the hundreds in Malta, of course, mm -hmm. and comparing the genetics with elsewhere. However, the idea of studying a selected number of patients' microbiomes in the context of space made sense because these patients, one major problem is that bacteria, when they infect their ulcers, tend to become resistant to treatment. And the more medication you give for antibiotic, the harder it is. Bacteria in space, microorganisms in space, also uh, renders them resistant to treatment or to radiation. So there are resistance mechanisms, pathways, that bacteria build up. So we have an interest of seeing or studying what these resistance mechanisms are in space and in Earth, compare the two, see what the similarities are, see what the differences are, and this in the hope of, of, of giving us uh, the names of key genes or markers that we, on Earth, in Malta or elsewhere, we can target these microorganisms faster, better, and cure the patients uh, faster, basically, or more efficiently. Okay, so, so in simple terms, you basically grab these microorganisms, shoot them out to space, hope that they mutate in a way that is not possible on Earth, and then bring them back and see okay. what the possibility okay. is. That, that is. That is one way to put it. <coughs> of course, behind it, behind it is the design and construction of a cube. We call it a payload. And in this cube, half of which is all electronics, Raspberry Pi computer, wires and so forth. And the other half is all biology. So there are specific cuvettes, specific media or buffer, and the human skin tissue sample itself. Uh, this gets sort of sent to the States and on board a SpaceX rocket, if you like. Uh, the SpaceX rocket is the one that departs from Cape Canaveral, so that, that blasts into space. The, the Dragon capsule of SpaceX is the one that docks with the ISS, International Space Station, and on board the ISS, the astronauts handle the experiment. They plug that into a special facility that we in Malta, and here I say hi to, to Arcafort, including Space Omics team, and we are the ones who can log in and talk directly with our experiment from Malta to space and back. When we say talk, we visualize the exper experiment by cameras. Mm -hmm. We also download some simple telemetry data, some sensor biology, temperature, humidity, and so forth. Awesome. And we're able to monitor the work, basically. Yeah, damn, it's crazy how far, <laughs> how far tech has come. And, uh, and just so I understand, within this um, payload, those, those three separate environments are there to create three different variables of so, so mutation? Yeah, so so, once, so once, once the patients come to hospital, right, uh, the patient material is split in three. Uh, and these three, these three sam samples of each patient include a very first sample that is frozen or and or analyzed on the day of arrival. So we get a first wave of biomedical data and genome profiling on the first day. Then we have two other samples, one of which is maintained in our labs, so time is passing by uh, on Earth, and the other sample type is the one that is placed inside the cube and sent to space. So time is passing by 
on those samples in space. Once the cube comes back, so, so the Dragon capsule by SpaceX drops back in the Atlantic Ocean, is retrieved by, by, by the SpaceX crew, and this take, is brought back to us here. We disassemble the cube, we take our samples from our lab as well, and these two samples, Earth and space, are the ones that we profile genetically and explore bio, bio, biomedically. And therefore, for each patient, we have a, a triple, triple, uh, genome profile, if you like, mm -hmm. and we can compare, we call it a multi-omic approach, right? We can compare the genomes and the profiling of all three different scenarios of one patient, and we have this uh, for six patients in MALET 1. We were happy with the results, so we did MALET 2 this year. We were also happy with the results that we were finding some, some form of replication there. And we are hoping now to sort of wrap up the Mallet program early next year in February by sending the third mission. Awesome. And you just actually attached to my next question. Go back to the replication issue for a yes. second. So, because it, it's all well and good once you, once you find something that, that you want to work with, then how easy is that to actually um, re, um, replicate? Yes. So... Of course, this was a huge learning process for us. I can imagine. And our colleagues here in Malta. So it was a first for us. Uh, we didn't have much experience locally. However, we did bank on our colleagues in Belgium, Space Application Services, uh, which is a company that excels in payload designs. Mm -hmm. uh, and also our colleagues back in the States. So I should, I should also say here that, that, that I now form part. It's called an analysis working group. Uh, run by NASA Gene Lab, so it's a Gene Lab uh, under the NASA uh, auspices, and this you get you get a number of people from all over the world who have a passion for life science, but in the context of space. And we study everything from humans and astronauts, from animal models, from Drosophila or fruit flies, uh, the worm, uh, plant biology, microorganisms, so everything. Because the idea is that that all experiments sent to space and back and all the biology that we dig out is deposited into a public repository. So this is all open science. So if anyone wants to replicate or find something what has been done before, you can just simply go to this NASA Gene Lab website, see what has been done, and see what you can do the same or different to sort of, to sort of uh, trailblaze the field. In our case, studying the microbiomes of diabetic patients is a first globally. So there was no benchmark, mm -hmm. and therefore having MALET 1 as a benchmark was critical. Sure. And MALET 2 was a natural uh, follow-up study to be done, because in science, as we know it, right, you cannot depend on one experiment only. Trust but verify, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so MALET 2 was a follow-up, uh, which needed to be done to sort of, to sort of uh, vindicate or, or replicate data to see. And so much so that, that MALET 1 per se uh, the scientific findings have now been approved for a scientific publication, subject or pending to a few a few revisions. But this study will be also publicly available in a couple of weeks' time. So, so this to absolutely anyone in the public. So, it's, so it's not just like for for the Isros of this no, world. No, no, no. It's, this it's, will be it's for the CRISPR guys of this world as uh, well. If as they, well, they have as well. Okay. So, so there is something for everyone who wants to ask the scientific questions or wanting to know more. But there is also uh, information and data for people to understand why. Why do bioscience research 
uh, and even if funding is also <laughs> limited, but why use space? I mean, space is another dimension. And this other dimension essentially gives you data, it gives you findings that you cannot get uh, from Earth. And the findings that you get from space can be exploited and utilized on Earth. So it's not just space research which stays there. Uh, there is part of it that this space research will give uh, yield to space for space research or to further go out of low Earth orbit to go to the Moon and go to the Mars. So that element exists. Absolutely. But there is immediate, immediate uh, applications also on Earth. Yeah, I mean, it's like we were saying earlier, I guess that the, the majority of tech which falls into the hands of um, Genpop essentially begins through innovation in either space or military, right? So um, uh, space research is never exactly, never exactly a bad thing. It's actually something we need a hell of a lot more of, to be yes. honest. But uh, tell me about MALT3. What's yes. so special and I'm different about Yeah, so I think, I think MALT3, MALT3. So I, I sort of have, have given a little bit of a teaser already, right? So, so we are looking at wrapping up the program uh, in Mallet 1 and Mallet 2. So in Mallet 2, there already was some sort of upgrades internally. I mean, the, the Raspberry Pi was of a different make or model. The connectivity was slightly different and different encryption methods uh, employed. The biology was essentially the same, uh, bar one, other sample, which we use the yeast cell model. So yeast cell, uh, which is baker's yeast, right? Which we use to, 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 to grow our, our beers or, or, or bread, uh, is a higher order organism from bacteria. So us at university and as a team at Spaceomics, we are not simply looking at just the microorganisms or the primitive bacteria, but we are also uh, walking down the road of higher order biology. So, so we are replicating and following up, but we are also building our way. Uh, Mallet 2 also had an exterior design which was machined aluminium as opposed to 3D, 3D uh, plastic in Mallet 1. So Mallet 3 will hope to perfection the design, uh, wrap up the program, and this design that we are building, possibly upscaling, will also be going to other places beyond the Mallet program. Interesting. So, so is, it, is, it, is it something which you plan to open source or is it something which you plan to sell to other, oh, I uh, other organizations? Okay, I think, I, think, I think this is, this is sort of, uh, I mean, the commercial intent is there, is there, but it is very much embedded in the space omics core. I mean, we are a space tech group, a space tech company, so we want to sort of push borders, go to frontiers and lead the way. I mean, there are other big players, of course, which we don't kid ourselves, uh, but in our, in our small island population in Malta. So a group, an idea, a company, a Spaceomics, it is not just about a space scientist, but it is bringing together uh, minds that work in computer science, mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, uh, life scientists, uh, and other, other walks of life, which you would have thought possible, but bringing them together, you can actually make or build something that can really transcend, transcend 
borders, <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, and here I thought blockchain was multidisciplinary. <laughs> um, uh, space is a whole other frontier, no pun intended. <clears throat> um, uh, in fact, in fact, this is something which I also thought. So talking about blockchain or talking about currencies or, or, or transactions, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, there will be a time and not so distant, I would say, that transactions will take place from space to space and not necessarily be done on Earth. I mean, I mean, this space environment. I mean, as we speak right now, so the orbiting space station has another eight years. So by 2030, it will start to be uh, become decommissioned or deorbit. Mm -hmm. But right now, there are at least four to five other planned orbital stations, all of which are commercial intent. Uh, and these orbiting stations, which are huge, uh, will sort of entail, entail visits by professional astronauts, by commercial astronauts, and by scientists as well. Uh, this will happen in our lifetime by the end of this decade, and definitely in the 2030s. Uh, and this, this will entail a huge multidisciplinary uh, team. And I mean, I mean there, there must be some form of currency, right, to trade and possibly from one space station to another, right? <laughs> uh, so I, I don't see I don't see any other way as to do this in, in a, how do you say? I mean, blockchain is, is of the idea of being hard-coded or encryption, right? And, and being unmutable. The uh -huh, yeah, immutable, yeah. And I think, I think that can serve, that can serve very well from space to space applications. Yeah, well, I, that, I never um, thought about it like that, actually, but it makes it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Um, the possibility of a sort of space-based peer-to-peer network, I guess, will have its own use case. Exactly. Um, it gives a whole new meaning to uh, IPFS, though, uh, Interplanetary File System, but that's, <laughs> but that's, a, that's another story. Um, Anyway, um, thank you so much. This was a, this was an absolute pleasure. Um, good luck with Malat Three, and we hope to see the results sometime soon. The pleasure is all mine, and thank you very much.